Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, former Vice President Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Those are your qualified debaters tonight. And while the elephant in the room will not be joining them, you bet your bottom dollar he's still going to be a hot topic of conversation, both on that stage tonight and between me and my guest Brandon Tatum. The Fearless Show starts now. Tonight is the big night, the first Republican debate of the 2024 election cycle hosted by Fox News. Eight candidates met the RNC's qualifications to step foot on that stage. At least 40,000 individual donors garner at least 1% support in three national polls or in two national and two early state polls that met the RNC's criteria. The candidates were also required to sign a pledge to support the winner of the GOP primary no matter who it is. It is unclear whether former President Trump will ever sign that pledge, but what is clear? He's not showing up tonight. In a Truth Social post, Donald Trump also hinted that he might not show up for a single damn one of the debates, given he's leading by such a wide margin and given he doesn't feel he has anything left to prove to the American people. Well, I call that a cop-out. He had a phenomenal presidency. There is no doubt about that. By every metric, he was the best president, certainly of my lifetime. But here's the cold, hard truth. The last seven months of it are still up for questioning. He has to answer for his handling of COVID lockdowns, anointing Lord Fauci and pushing the vaccine. And honestly, I think he's hoping the hoopla surrounding his indictments will drown it all out. But some of us still remember, and vividly, that arena above everything else is where Governor Ron DeSantis has the chance to close the gap. So it's no wonder Trump doesn't want to show up and give him that opportunity. But this goes beyond the primary debates. This sets a precedent that Sleepy Joe will no doubt capitalize on. So let's flash forward to the general election debates, shall we? Picture this. Trump and Biden are the nominees, a very plausible scenario. Joe is leading in the polls and thus says he doesn't need to debate Donald Trump. Y'all going to be satisfied with that? Uh, because I won't. This isn't a coronation. We don't have kings in this country. This is a nomination and damn it, I'd sure like to take a break from discussing indictments and have a chance to discuss, I don't know, the vision for getting our country out of the sinking ship, the USS Brandon. And that's exactly what I hope to hear tonight. Joining me now with his take on it all is host of the Officer Tatum Show and Podcast, Brandon Tatum. All right, Brandon, I've got a lot to talk to you about uh, coming up on the first debate, coming up in just a couple of hours tonight. So first things first, we know Trump is not going. Do you think that was a wise move or should he show up and face the music and more accurately face Governor Ron DeSantis? I think it was a smart move by Trump not to go. I mean, he could have had the option to go. His explanation makes sense to me because if it was just him, Ron DeSantis, Vivek, Larry and, and, and some formidable opponents, I would say, yeah, that, that that makes sense. But you're talking about Chris Christie. Chris Christie. I call him Chris Krispy Kremes. I mean, that guy has no purpose being on the stage with Donald Trump. He's not qualified. He's not going to go there to debate issues and, and, and speak about what he's going to do for the country. He's literally there to bash Donald Trump. And some of these candidates have no chance. They're wasting time. You know, so I think it's not a, a reasonable uh, position for him to be in to 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 listen to these people just rant about nothing and they have no chance. But I do think if there is a debate between him, DeSantis, and some of the more formidable candidates, he has to be there or else. 
Okay, I agree with you on that one. Uh, I can give him a pass for this first one for the reasons that you outlined. Might not be the best idea to just go and get beat up on by everybody because we know he's the target. But if it does move further, I do think he needs to show up. His Truth Social post hinted that he's not going to show up to any of the debates. So I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, I personally think that he doesn't want to ha have to answer about COVID. And I think he doesn't want to have to answer Ron DeSantis about COVID. I think that's the issue that he's trying to skirt, especially since COVID has become a topic of conversation now. We've got Fauci saying that COVID's not over. We've got mask mandates coming back, the fear of more lockdowns possibly on the horizon. I don't think Donald Trump wants to have to answer for the last seven months of his presidency. So I think at some point he's going to have to do that and not just in a one on one scenario, but to Ron DeSantis. I think the American people deserve to see that. We've got questions. Well, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think, yeah, the first debate, yeah, these clowns are on there doing nothing. But as the debate stage continues to shrinking or, or small, you know, that, that shorten up and there's formidable candidates, he has to compete. You know, I, I think that he did a great job when he was a president towards the end of his presidency. He had a lot of things he didn't do um, correctly. I think a lot of things that he need to tell us that he can do in the future um, for him to be, you know, legitimized as the next president. Um, but he has to debate. I, I don't care what status you think you are. I don't care where you're polling. At some point, you have to get on the debate stage and compete. I want to see him compete. I want to see him humble himself and say, look, I still need the answer to the people because in 2020, I, I, I'm not the president. We lost the presidency, whether it's you know nefarious or not, we still lost the presidency and we don't have a Republican in office. I want to hear from Donald Trump. How are you going to pick people next time? Because almost everybody he picked was a complete buzz <laughs> and everybody has turned on him. Who are you going to pick for these key positions in our country? Yeah, well, right now he's just skating off the indictments and I love your shirt, by the way. I I think that there are, are two things that can exist and coincide. I think you can think that four indictments against Donald Trump are BS and also think that maybe that might hurt him in a general election, make him unelectable. But I want to move on because Donald Trump takes all the air out of the room. He's not showing up tonight. So I want to go back to the people that will be showing up. You know, over the last couple of days, Vivek has been kind of taking some incoming for the first time. There's been a lot of discussion. There's a clip going around, of course, of him on CNN with Caitlin Collins talking about some of the conspiracy theories he had surrounding 9-11. He claims he was taken out of context, but when you listen to his actual quote, he really wasn't. But do you trust him? I mean, I, I like what he says, but there's something there that I'm just not entirely convinced he's genuine. Do you have any concerns about Vivek? moving into, you know, him being kind of tied in second place with Ron DeSantis at this point. Yeah, it's hard to tell, to be honest. I mean, he doesn't have a political record, so we don't know if he's if he's a if he can go in like Donald Trump and actually do what he said he's going to do. Or is he leveraging this for some type of a cloud uh, to make him, you know, a, a higher profile person? I don't really know. You know, I, I interviewed Vivek. He gave some good responses. I don't think he connects with people as much as others. Like, I think Donald Trump being an outsider connected with people. I think Vivek comes across as highly intelligent, but not relatable in certain areas. I think he's more relatable than some of the other candidates, but I don't think he's highly relatable. And he's he's young. You know, my fear with people who are young is that they don't have established experience to run a country. I mean, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of nuances in business. That's what made Donald Trump that good because he did well in business and he did well for a very long time. But somebody like Vivek is still young. He's still fresh. Does he does he really understand how to move and shake and how to deal with the swamp the way a person who's seasoned and more of a veteran and have a lot more experience either in politics or in the world? 
Um, so I, I question that with Vivek, I th- but I think he sounds good. The things he say sound good. Uh, DeSantis, on the other hand, I mean, I, if, could DeSantis be the president of the United States and do really well? I think he can do really well. I think his policies and Trump policies are almost identical. The problem is that DeSantis is struggling to find momentum. Like, Trump is so polarizing and Trump is you either love him to death where you would jump off a cliff for him or you want him dead. Right. That makes for entertainment purposes. That makes for news coverage. He like you said, he soaks up all the oxygen in the room. So DeSantis, because he's not a drama queen, because he's not controversial as much as Trump, he, he's kind of getting overshadowed right. by all of these indictments and all of this, you know, uh, I guess. People want this new shiny thing. So the Santa's is going to struggle in that area as well. Well, that frustrates me because I, for one, um, beyond the indictments and the investigations, I'm looking at my country right now and I don't recognize it. The economy is horrible. We're sending billions to Ukraine and $700 a family over to the victims in Maui. There's a lot of things in our country. Our borders still being wide open. Biden is selling off portions of the wall so that he doesn't have to install it. There's a lot of things that I'm really concerned about. So I would be okay with somebody who is not a performative, you know, celebrity. I'd be okay with just a nerd leader who gets things done at this point. I'm totally okay with that, which is why I have long said I'm a big supporter of Ron DeSantis. But I think part of the reason that he can't get momentum is because right out the gate, he was labeled a rhino simply for running against Trump. None of the other Trump competitors, really including Mike Pence, have been labeled a rhino specifically for running against Trump. So I don't understand why he's disloyal and the rest of them are okay to coexist. That frustrates me. But do you think if Ron DeSantis gets a few great moments tonight, do you think that he could pick up momentum and maybe make this thing, you know, maybe more of an even playing field? Yeah, I think the gift and the curse of Donald Trump uh, not being there is that it's a gift to him because he don't have to face the music. You don't have to argue with anybody and he don't have to get attacked by all these people that's polling less than one percent or polling at one percent. Um, but the benefit to Ron DeSantis is that he has an opportunity to shine amongst normal people. Right. <laughs> Donald Trump is not there to call people. him run the sanctimonious and, and cause all this attention. He's going to probably be able to have a legitimate debate in, in, in a sound way where people can hear his policies, hear him juxtaposed against all the other people and also hear what he has to say about how he would do better than Trump. So Trump may be doing well for himself by not showing up, but also Ron DeSantis can emerge. And I think if Ron DeSantis is calm, cool, collected, comes with facts, and he can compete against the other Trump candidates, because you got to think Vivek Ramaswamy is not Vivek first. Vivek is Trump first, him as the second option. And so on the debate stage, DeSantis is running as DeSantis first. So there's going to be attacks from Vivek, there's going to be attacks from uh, from other people who are quasi supporting Trump against Ron DeSantis on the fact that he's abandoning Donald Trump and he's disloyal and the fact that he has some shutdowns in Florida. So Ron DeSantis is going to have to compete against other Trump-esque candidates who are going to be on the debate stage. But I'm hoping that he emerged. I'm hoping that that others um you know do really really well so we can have some a competitive spirit in the Republican Party. But to me, I think tonight will separate the second place person at this point. Donald Trump is at the top. Like it or not, believe it or not, understand it or not, he's soaring at the top. But there's going to be a second place candidate, um, at least until the end. You know, it could change. But right now they're competing against who's going to be second.
So I know you posted a, a reel on Instagram, I think it was last week, maybe the week prior, and you said, hey, listen, there are some people that follow Donald Trump that are cult-like, right? So I don't like when people say there's a Trump cult, but you know, there is some truth to that. There is some truth within that concept there. I know that you said it. Um, do you think that what you said and saying, hey, some of you are just so ride or die for Trump, you're not seeing the forest through the trees. Do you think that that was somewhat like what Ron DeSantis said the other day about listless vessels, that if we're just following one man and one personality, that our, our movement is going to be extinct, we're going to be listless vessels just kind of waving in the wind? Did you take the listless vessels thing as a deplorables moment, or did you see what he was trying to say and did you agree with it? Yeah, I, you know what's funny is when I first heard the clip, I was I was like, oh man, what? Why would he do that? He sound like a complete idiot. When I watched the full interview and I watched the context of what he said, I'm like, I say that every day, you know. So I, I don't think, but you got to think this is politics. Donald Trump and his team and others are going to make a big deal out of it because he's a political opponent. They wouldn't make a big deal out of it whether or not it's true or not. Because I say this every day on my show. There are people that literally call into my show. One guy called and told me that I'm not a Christian because I'm judging Trump. But I talk <laughs> trash about Biden every day and they, nobody call in and complain at one time. It's like, well, how am I a judgmental Christian against Trump? But it don't count when I'm judging Biden. And there's people that will not allow you to criticize Trump for nothing. Trump did a poor job picking people for office. I don't know how many times we got to say that with attorney general recuse himself forever. And then you, then you had, I mean, I, everybody's turned on him. He turned on Kaylee McEnany, DeSantis. I mean, you, you go down a list of all these people that he picked. Listen to FBI director right now. Yeah. Uh, was, was, was a Trump appointee. And then he was convinced by Chris Christie to appoint him. So he hates the FBI director and he hates Chris Christie. So at some point, Trump has made a tremendous failure in picking certain people. We can all agree he did a lot of great things, but brother, we got to criticize you on that point. I love him. I think he did a good job overall as the president, but if we want to move forward, we have to be able to critique him and, and, and get better, you know, um, moving forward. So I, I think people don't want to hear you say anything. They want to they want to worship him as a god. And no, I don't do. think that makes sense. And they want to really emotionally come after anybody who dares say a bad word or a critical word, as you just said, of Donald Trump. But I want to move on to somebody that you and I both appreciate, and that is our friend Larry Elder. So he posted a video. We know that he's not going to be making the debate tonight, but let's play the video and I want to get your reaction. I was just informed by the RNC that I'm not qualified for the debate. Why? Even though I exceeded the 40,000 individual donations required, uh, even though I signed the pledge to support the eventual nominee, uh, even though I submitted three polls where I was at least at 1%, I was informed that one of the polls is not eligible. It's the Rasmussen poll, even though it was the most accurate poll in predicting that Donald Trump would win in 2016. They say it is affiliated with Donald Trump and therefore uh, it is not eligible. It is designed, in my opinion, to make sure that, that Ron DeSantis is the nominee, anybody other than Trump. So, Brandon, I want to get your take. First of all, I agree with a lot of what he said there. I would love to see him on the stage. I don't believe this is uh, in order to get Ron DeSantis as the nominee. I think that that part of it I disagree with. But overall, do you think he should be on that stage tonight? A thousand percent. I, you know, I'm very disappointed at the RNC that they would, it would come down to a misunderstanding. I mean, uh, 
Larry Elder called in on the show yesterday. So as you know, I took over his radio show on Salem. And so he called in yesterday. He was listening to me talk about it. He explained it very thoroughly that he brought three, he brought three polls to them. Rasmussen was one of them. They didn't tell him that Rasmussen wasn't going to qualify him. They denied that poll. And then Rasmussen came out and said, we have no connection with Donald Trump. And the RNC is not telling the truth about this. And then he produced another poll, but it was after the deadline. The poll also had him above 1% because he had to show three different polls above 1%. And they didn't receive that. They didn't allow that to happen. Now, he said he's going to take them uh, to court over this because it's, he felt like he was done uh, wrong and it's not accurate the way in which they did this to him. Um, I think he should be on the debate stage. Larry Elder adds a tremendous amount of value to the conversation. Nobody's talking about fatherless and fatherlessness like Larry Elder. Nobody can talk about the issues in the black community like Larry Elder. Nobody understands it like he has. And he's been doing it for decades. So I think that they should be reasonable enough to allow him to submit his paperwork, given the fact that there was a misunderstanding and he should have been on the debate stage tonight. Um, and I don't think it has anything to do with, with Ron DeSantis, because to be honest, Ron DeSantis needs tonight to, 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 to work in his favor. If it doesn't, he may find himself below Vivek Ramaswamy, although he may be a better candidate, given the fact that Donald Trump is still pushing the hate, hate, hate Ron DeSantis. So um, I really wish that we that Larry Elder would have been on the stage tonight. I would have really enjoyed to hear him debate. No, I would too. And I hope that, you know, at some point we can hear from him. I think he would be a great addition to the stage. I'm not sure how some of them did qualify more so than Larry Elder. I mean, North Dakota governor. I mean, I'm from South Dakota, but my God, Doug Burgum, uh, Asa Hutchinson. How did that happen? I, I still don't know why anybody likes uh, Nikki Haley. So there's a lot of them that I'm very confused as to why they're there. How Chris Christie is there over someone like a Larry Elder who did very well in California. That should be, you know, people should take a look at that. If you can do well in California, given all things California, then I think that he has a real shot. I also loved his interview with Charlemagne the God. I think he made some excellent points. He put Charlemagne on his heels. I thought that that was a great display. So I would like to see in the future Larry Elder come back, be a part of this conversation. So I'm very hopeful in that. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you is your predictions for tonight. Who do you think is going to come out on top and who do you think is going to fall by the wayside? Well, I think everybody's going to fall by the wayside except for Ron DeSantis and Vivek. And I think that what about in Senator my Scott? Opinion, we haven't talked a lot about Senator Scott. He's yeah. a, he's a great he's a great candidate. Uh, a lot of people liked him for a long time. He was doing well in some polls, especially in South Carolina. Do you think he's got a chance to break through tonight? No, I, I don't. I don't really think so. I think that he's too lukewarm and in the middle on, on a lot of things. Listen, if you're not controversial to some degree, you're not going to get any momentum. If he's not bold enough to talk over people on the debate stage, he's not going to get momentum. He's going. He's not like Larry Elder. Larry Elder can address these issues in the black community like nobody else on planet Earth. Uh, and I think Tim Scott is not is bold and is not as willing to take controversial stances. I see uh, uh, Tim Scott as being kind of like the lukewarm black conservative, where he wants to meet the Democrats in the middle on a lot of things. And I despise that. So I think that tonight he's going to just, you know, talk his little talking points. He's not going to be able to overcome Vivek, who's going to talk over him, who's going to be really good at debating and arguing his points. And I think Ron DeSantis is the, in my opinion, I think he comes in with the most respect, like people can actually see him being the president, given how well he's done uh, in Florida. So I think that tonight, it's going to be a competition between Vivek 
and, and Ron DeSantis. And I honestly think that Ron DeSantis will rise to the occasion with the absence of getting beat over the head um, by Donald Trump. So when you have the two people there having a conversation, speaking about what they've done for this country, I think Ron DeSantis will emerge. And I think he's he's going to go up in the polls. That's just my opinion. I don't know. We'll see uh, when the debate commences. Yeah, there's only two candidates in this race who can say, you want that, I've done that. And that's Donald Trump and that's Governor Ron DeSantis. The rest of them do not have the record, even though they've served as governor, even though they've served in the Senate or in other places. They cannot say, look at this, look at that, look at that, I've already done it. And Ron DeSantis can certainly say that. What else Ron DeSantis can say is he can say in 2022, I won Florida by 20 points and I won Miami-Dade County, which is historic and hasn't been done, you know, to my knowledge, in decades. So to me, let me, let, me say this. let me say this, Tommy, I think that he needs to not bash Trump. Right. This is where I think he he will he will hurt himself. I think what he needs to do is just tell all of the things that he know people want to see and just say, I can do these things. Don't even bring up Trump. He's not even at the debate. Don't even bite on it. You know, you talk about Trump, divert from it. Just tell us what you're going to do, because everybody's on the on this level of being skeptical about where the direction of this country is headed. And he actually has solutions and he has examples how he's done it in Florida. But if he goes in and he says Trump is a, is a lunatic and he had never win, he's narcissistic. There is a cult like audience of people that will not listen to anything he says and and, and true social going to be blowing up because Trump is going to be bashing him the whole time. Now, here's another caveat that Trump may actually do an interview with Tucker Carlson tonight in in opposed to the, the actual debate. And that could be controversial. But I think if Ronda Sanchez to stick to his guns, man, stick to your, your resume, stick to your military experience, stick to what the, the great things that you've accomplished in Florida, changing the culture, fixing the election. All of those things that he has done in Florida, if he stick to that, I think he will go up in the polls and be a clear number two. And I'd like to see him walk on the stage and say, just in case anyone's wondering, I won't shut us down for one day, one minute, one second. I want to hear that from Ron DeSantis tonight, but we'll have to wait and see. Brandon, as always, I appreciate your take and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tommy. God bless you. The communists are looking to bring back COVID and mass. Hmm, the election variant, perhaps? It's time for final thoughts. The communists are itching, and I mean itching, to bring back mass mandates. But just so happens I've either burned or shredded all of mine, so that's just too damn bad. But for you more compliant types, here you go. Morris Brown College in Atlanta, along with Hollywood studio Lionsgate, have both announced the return of the dreaded mask mandate. Morris Brown College has kicked their COVID hysteria up a notch and canceled all large student events on campus for at least two weeks. But wait, there's more. The college is also bringing back mandatory temperature checks upon campus arrival, along with a slew of other tyrannical edicts designed to manipulate students and staff into giving away freedoms yet again over a glorified cold. But Morris Brown College isn't alone. According to an internal memo, Lionsgate Studio in California, shocker, will force employees on two of its floors to wear medical grade masks and all employees must submit to daily self-screenings before coming to work. As if Hollywood hasn't screwed itself over enough with COVID mandates, they really want to bring this back? Between their craptastic woke movies, the writer and actor strike, and their home base of California choice, they might as well just plan an industry-wide funeral, cause of death, virtue signaling, and stupidity. 
But it's not just Morris Brown College and Lionsgate. Don't forget over 100 colleges and universities are still pushing worthless, let me say that again, worthless COVID vaccine mandates. Included in that list, University of Pittsburgh, Rutgers, as well as San Diego State. Rutgers has even reportedly started to disenroll students who have not complied with COVID vaccine mandates. I don't know about y'all, but I smell something in the air, and it's not freaking COVID. It's that special election variant that surges just around the time the left needs to push mass mail-in voting. And big tech, they are all in, of course. YouTube has updated its guidelines regarding medical misinformation. The Google-owned platform will now punish, penalize, or full-on deplatform any channel or personality that puts out any information that runs contrary to the World Health Organization. <laughs> the fix is in, y'all. They're already well on their way to bringing the COVID era back home to roost. You know, I would have thought they would have tried a new lab-grown emergency, but I guess COVID has had the best branding, so they're sticking with it. Do I think the government would overblow or manufacture another health emergency to regain total control? Um, yeah, a thousand percent, yeah. Well, if they think they're going to get away with another round of lockdowns, masks, or vaccine mandates, they are sorely mistaken. They've wildly overplayed their hand. Sure, there will be some sheeple, sheep people, who have never taken their masks off and are salivating over booster number seven, I'm not directing this at them. They can shower in their masks for all I care, if indeed they do shower, which is still up for debate. But as for the rest of us, if we are ever dumb enough to submit to that kind of tyranny or allow ourselves to be bald-faced lied to again, our nation deserves to fail and deserves to fall. Two weeks to flatten the curve was the biggest load of BS fed to us since, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, and far more egregious. That's why I would demand every candidate for president tell us where they stand on future lockdowns and mandates. Unfortunately, that's become necessary again, so let's hear it. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to watch the debate tonight and my reaction with Sean Hannity tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern on Fox News. Until then, from Nashville, God bless and take care.